Hello, happy people. Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast. And oh boy, today I have with me probably one of the top leadership and sales speakers on the planet, Ryan Estes. I am so blessed that I've known you for what, 10 plus years? And I'm so lucky to have you here. Ryan, how are you doing today? Oh, my friend, I'm doing I'm doing great. And it's so great to reconnect and see you and engage again after uh, our time together just over a decade ago. This has been a gift. Uh, and I've been looking so forward to this conversation. Thanks you know, for having interesting. me. You know, it's interesting. We were talking earlier about sometimes when you think of those, where are they now? videos um, that you know, we used to see back in the day. It's like, this reminds me of that. When I go back to, I think 10 plus years ago, when you and I were at NSA, I remember looking at you and saying, this guy's talented. <laughs> like, like you had a way of speaking and you still do where you use your entire body. Like you, you, you'll put your arm out and you'll stay that way for like five minutes and the, the audience is like, yeah, what's he gonna do next? <laughs> So, so Ryan, can you just tell us how you came from humble beginnings back in the day to who you are today uh, at the top of this speaker mountain? I love it. How'd you do it? Well, thank you. Uh, and I fondly recall our time there together. And, and really, that that really was my initiation into this world. So as a little bit of context, you know, I, I was a sales leader. I was running a division of a Fortune 500 company, and I was responsible for revenue and, uh, and strategy. And <clears throat> as part of that job, uh, and I also had a personal passion for self-help, personal growth. I read every book, attended every seminar. I was that guy. Uh, I got put on a trajectory earlier in, early in my career and just became hungry for learning and personal growth. So I had an appetite for that. It helped fuel and propel my success in corporate, my move up the ladder. And in that job, uh, that last job, I just realized that thought leadership was really an opportunity to elevate both the brand of our business and drive profitable growth. And I felt we did a lot of trade shows and conferences in the industry to market the business. And I felt, wow, if instead of standing at the booth, I was on a stage speaking, that would be great for the business, and I would really enjoy that. And that was the segue. I, I convinced my CEO, who I was very close with, that this would be good for the business. I wanted to explore this as an initiative. We piloted it, had good success, and so I started speaking regularly in the industry. I got traction. I got good at it. People started calling and requesting me, offering me fees. This was kind of unexpected, but I, I felt... And those were the best days of my, my career. And so that, that experience led me to begin exploring or studying the business of speaking. What, what's the opportunity? What's the marketplace? How do you develop the skill and competency in the stagecraft? And what is the business structure like that? And so part of that research was when you and I met at the National Speakers Association. We were in their academy or school, and I was just a student there. Every Tuesday night, you and I would connect at the Embassy Suites, and we would learn about the business of speaking. And I hired a coach, and probably about a year, a year or two after we met, uh, it was January of 2009, right in the middle of the recession, I said, I'm launching. And I left and started this and never looked back. 
Wow. And, and you never, ever looked back. I, I remember uh, one of our last conversations before I moved up north to International Falls and you went on your speaking journey. And I, I remember just knowing in my heart that you were making the right decision by going on this path. Um, you know, I, I know that and I'm going to show some video of you performing because you, you're, you're a different dude when you're on stage. But tell us maybe if, if, if there have been any bumps in that journey, any bumps in that road. I'm sure there's a bump now with COVID and everybody's at home. But tell us the, the, the struggle of that journey of becoming a speaker, because most people deal with that. Yeah, for sure. The, the first two years were extremely difficult. It was definitely taking two steps back to take three forward, and it was painful. Uh, and I, I didn't have complete confidence in my ability to be an entrepreneur. I'd never started a business, I didn't, you know, a corporate career. And, you know, when the day you walk out of that and take your laptop home to the kitchen table and that check's not coming in two weeks, you, you're going to confront some, you know, insecurities, perhaps doubt. And I made missteps. I, I, um, I was frightened to be alone, so I, I grabbed partners. Really, it was a life preserver strategy. I didn't think through that clearly with long-range discipline, and I, I made some, some big mistakes, uh, I would say, in the first two years. It almost put me out, but I, I was able to, to sense that. If I give myself credit for anything, it was course correcting those things and getting some support around me then to go on my further journey. And, and a big part of that, I think, for you know people that are doing this kind of work, there, there, there is a moment where you may have to borrow somebody else's belief in you before yours catches up. Yeah. And, you know, before we hit record, you said, you know, I, I saw that in you. I believed it. And I said, well, you, you believed that in me before I did. And that's a beautiful gift of friendship and support. And you need that early on. Um, and, and now I'm to the point, yes, the pandemic has been disruptive, but there's a lot of silver lining in it around my business. And I'm going to have a better business in the future than I would have had I not had this pause and been able to re-engineer and learn some new things and take time to think through them. Uh, so the time and space to, to work kind of on the business versus in the business has been very healthy for me. Wow. You know, <clears throat> I have to say one of the the cool things about uh, the podcast medium is we can we can do what I'm about to do right now, which is I want to not just tell, but show people the magic of Ryan Estes. Check this out. The beverage from Starbucks once in the last year. Keep your hand up. Did you see what just happened? I just proved unequivocally that 95% of the coffee drinkers in this room consume coffee without any regard to price whatsoever. You can make a grande skinny vanilla latte at home for 26 cents. They are separating you from $5. That is not rational behavior, even if you're hungover. And they know this. They know something that it's important for you to know as you scale your business. Customers do not buy on price. I have to say that because I, you know, I'm a student of, of speaking, uh, as you've been, but because I, I study this, I watch every move you make and I know the impact, like the body movements, the change of voice, the tone, Ryan, I am just uh, like, <laughs> I'm in awe of what you do. 
Thank you. And I know it's not easy. T tell us, are you like a sports guy? You practice a lot. You, you know, we just don't see the back behind the scenes. <laughs> it, it's very true. There, there's a training methodology to being able to do that, especially if you're doing it at the rate I was, which was about 80 times a year. Wow. So, you know, uh, August was my off season. I would completely shut down in August and December. So 10 months on, two months off. I would sort of rejuvenate in, in those periods of time. But everything from, you know, my health and wellness and how I manage and, and, and train, literally, I have a trainer, you know, we have a wellness plan. I mean, I've got to, you know, continue to stay healthy and feel good and track my sleep and my recovery, all, all, of, the, all of those things, just like an athlete does. Yeah. And, and then, you know, obviously, you have to work on your, your craft. And, uh, you know, I've had support. I've got great people around me, coaches that have continued to challenge me to elevate. Um, and, and similar to an athlete, we watched the tape. Oh, you were great there. Ah, that story dragged on a little bit. Energy didn't look right there. So we'll pick it apart. And you're looking for those beautiful peak moments where, where you, you're lost in it and you can tell there's emotional resonance and that connection with the audience. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a it's a conver it's a conversation with a whole lot of people, right? Or a whole lot of conversations at once. I think that's really the art of it, and we continue to work to refine it. So the work will never be done, um, but it's work I love doing. You know, and and we've talked about you know your your skill and expertise as a speaker, but you've really led in terms of thought leadership around sales and leadership. I mean, I I I can't I I can't remember exactly. You had a blog once that I was following all the time, and, and you've been doing this kind of thought leadership. What would you say, how would you boil down your viewpoint with respect to leadership and, and sales after these years uh, helping companies like AT&T? I mean, you've got like a huge client roster. What would you say is your thought leadership position right now? So I, th I think a couple of things. I mean, one, we, we conduct research, so we'll do proprietary research um, and look at research even outside of our body of work to look for trends and make connections. It's really connecting the dots. So, you know, I study. I'm a student of this. I'm a student of professional selling. I have been since I was 22, 23 year old, years old. And then, then as I became a manager, that was something I learned. So I've studied both of these disciplines extensively. I've had the good fortune to conduct my own original research, have my own body of work and experience. And now that's been synthesized with the gift of being able to sit across from, with, around, or support world-class leaders in some of the best organizations and biggest brands. So I'm exposed a lot. That's my gift. You know, if you're, if you're a seller or a leader in a Fortune 500 company, you're pretty myopically focused on the task at hand, which is building your business. I have the benefit of looking at, through a broader lens of perspective and identifying trends, best practices, insights broadly that I can synthesize and bring to bear inside a specific organization. So that, that really is how I shape and frame my body of work. And, and it's all the underlying or underpinning of all of this is doing it through a period of time in our life where we're experiencing rapid transformation, accelerated change, marketplace disruption, uh, not, not only because of, of the situation like the pandemic, that's a curveball, but just the accelerated pace of technology and competition and barriers to entry, those things create a different kind of need for a, a, a new salesperson or a new leader 
that's emerging, you know, in 2021 and, and beyond. And that's, you know, I think that's really what I'm called to talk about. Um, we, we kind of project, hey, what, what's required today? And then how do you have a foot in the future to prepare yourself for what's coming? Because now you have to do those things simultaneously because the world's changing too fast. Um, and that, that appetite for continuing to disrupt yourself, uh, and evolve it's, it's, that's really where the opportunity exists inside the challenge. And what I think we talk about and unpack to give people a hunger appetite for more wherever they are. Yeah. Yeah. No. And speaking of where people might be that you interact with, you know, I, I mentioned you've had and you continue to have customers like AT&T. Um, you know, I'm looking at a list here that includes Adobe, IBM, uh, gosh, you know, P&G. These are some of the biggest companies in the world. Um, take us into the mindset of your typical uh, leader who actually consumes your, your speaking and your content and takes action on it. You know, who are they? What, what challenges are they dealing with? so that you come in and basically can really help them make a change? Yeah, I, I think uh, in a lot of the large organizations, and we, we do typically tend to work with mid-sized to large organizations. And, you know, I, I think people in, in mid-level management or even on the individual side of sales production, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, they're dealing with a lot. Uh, today, people feel, I think, a sense of overwhelm, exhaustion, anxiety, a bit of trepidation. They're trying to compete and remain relevant. And there are, look, and there are pockets of even now incredible success and big breakthroughs, but people are navigating a lot. And so um, I think even through the pandemic, the average remote workers working three plus hours a day. And, and so, you know, you've got, you've got somebody that's mid-career that was doing things a certain way for a long period of time. And now is really kind of being forced to change or make decisions without complete information or take intelligent risks. And it, it can be a little over, overwhelming at times, not to mention they're balancing a lot of other things, personal pressures, family, um, you know, feelings, um, you know, kind of discerning where they want to be and where they want to go in their own life. I always say leadership is an inside out game. It starts on the inside of you. And that's a little bit of the Trojan horse. You know, I may be called in to talk about sales and leadership, but you're not getting out of that hour with a little bit of self-inspection, introspection and self-awareness because the best, the best leaders I've worked with, um, they, they take the time to reflect. They look inside of themselves. They work on them. Um, really to be in better service of others. And so I think, um, I think part of what appeals to my clients is, yes, we're going to give you some actionable insights on how to be a better leader, influence culture, build better relationships, engage employees, run a meeting. I have all of that. But there's also these moments where we'll get you to pause and look inside yourself and feel into yourself and reflect on where you are where you want to be, and if you're moving in the right direction, creating that kind of internal alignment in your work and in your life, um, you know, that's some of the work that I'm really called to do. Uh, so uh, that to me is exciting. And I think, you know, part of what's happened through the pandemic, it has been a great reset. People are reprioritizing mm -hmm. their, their time, their relationship with work, uh, maybe even some of the relationships in their life. And uh, we, we launched a whole wellness series through this. It's uh, five programs really to help people become a better version of themselves. It doesn't have anything to do with sales and leadership. 
And ironically, two of the last big sales kickoff keynotes I delivered, mm-hmm. the chief revenue officer said, we love this new wellness content. Can you come and be our keynote, but not talk about sales? Ah. You to, and he's the chief you. sales officer. <laughs> yeah. We, our people need help. Yeah. They're overwhelmed. They're exhausted. The pace is not sustainable. Can you help us? And uh, it's been a real privilege to serve in that capacity um, because I, I went on my own restoration journey personally, and now to have a chance to bring some of my learning into my profession is a gift. You know, I I um, always looked at speaking as a part of a bigger solution set. And I wonder what your thoughts are. You, I mean, you may remember, um, I used to kind of work for Les Brown, who back in the day, I think, was one of the biggest, best speakers on the planet. Yeah. I, I think yeah. you're giving him a run for, for his money, uh-huh. but that's my opinion. I'm biased. Uh-huh. But, but, but I used to always think that, you know, for that one hour you're, that you're with us as a speaker, you know, clearly we get value from that. But then when you're gone, what do we do, right? What's your thought on that core question that I'm sure a lot of people think about? So, right. I, I consider speaking and the, the big stage keynote speaking, I consider that my role there is to be a catalyst. If you are ready for more, uh, if you are open to receiving a message that allows you to jumpstart change, to make a shift, to become more of who you're capable of being, then that message could land and be a prompt to begin something. And then my hope then is with our additional portfolio of content, you know, that if you're inclined, you'll come on this journey with us. Every week, every Sunday, I publish a newsletter called Prepare for Impact. So if, if you're called in a moment with me in a room in an hour to actually step up and deliver more impact to the world, to the people you love, to your customers, to your team, then guess what? Come forward and every week, I'll be with you, guiding you on our path forward together. I want my life to be about impact. And for people that feel that way too, we're going to go on this journey together. Uh, I'm going to grow and learn. You're going to grow and learn. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to talk about it. We're going to be vulnerable and transparent. But you know, now I have this community of leaders and moving forward in concert together. And, and I think, you know, at some point, my on the other side of this, my idea is to create more connection in that community. It's grown substantially. You know, we're 25, 30,000 people. There'll be some opportunities in the future for us to, to come together in smaller ways or do masterminds or some of those types of events, my own events, where I think that for the people that want. So that that is the invitation it's why I invest so much in producing all of the free content, you know, a, le- a, le- a newsletter every week, a customized video every week for our community. We call them future makers. If you're called to make a better future happen for yourself, the people you care about, let's go. And that's, that's what I think is required um, beyond the hour because the hour, the hour can provide a prompt, uh, a spark, but the willpower will wane. And you will run into resistance on your change journey. But through our content and publishing, you can you can join us and a bunch of other future makers who want more. And that's pretty cool. I love that uh, future makers uh, uh, thing you've got there. By the way, you know, with all the years of excellent blogging and content that you've talked about, isn't there a book behind there somewhere? There is. 
So the uh, there's more than one. Uh, and the first one, uh, I'm, I'm pleased to say the manuscript is done. Uh, yep. So uh, we're, we're, in a, we're in rounds of editing now. And I hope that that will be out toward the end of this year, the first part of next year. So that I, having this, that was another big project that was on the radar screen. But when you're doing 80 or 90 dates and, you know, really deep in that work, I just I wasn't moving the project forward. And this gave me room to do it. Yeah. So uh, I, I think those are some of the things that we've been able to focus on. And that's what I mean by the better business. We're going to have more opportunities to engage and create new experiences for people. And the book is the book is part of that. So, well, let us know when the book is out so we can make a little bit of noise. (laughs) I appreciate you, man. I do. Thank you. So I'm going to ask you what I would consider a personal question. Maybe it's two personal questions. Number one, back in the day, I don't remember the glasses. So this, this must be an addition or maybe because you're relaxing at home. And number two, what? Yo, it's new. You're, you're, okay. you're right. Yeah. And, and number two, I don't remember the beard. That could also be home. But I, I will tell you what I, I remember, which you have kept consistent. Dude, you're like a movie star on those stages. You know, it's uh-huh. like your hair all slick. You even have hair. <laughs> I can't say that about me. <laughs> but tell us, tell us about kind of personally. Here you are. You've taken the things that make you happy. And you're doing them and you've brought that forward within the place where you make business and profit. I happen to call that profitable happiness. Give us your viewpoint on doing what you love, being who you are authentically and achieving success through it. It's a beautiful question and I'll, I'll talk about that with some reflection. So, uh, you know, I've read two books that you could link to, and I've written about these books in the last couple of years that deeply, deeply resonated with me. One, one, I believe it's David Brooks. It's called The Second Mountain. And the other one is Father Richard Rohr, Falling Upward. And, and both books kind of introduce this premise of the, the two halves of life, right? Um, you kind of have your, your, your first half of it's your family of origin, and then your start as an adult. And you're striving and achieving and bumping around. You're almost like Bambi out there. Most people, are. I was. And you kind of, your conditioning moves you in a direction. And for me, it was climbing this corporate ladder. It was getting a good job with a good company, college education. That's what my parents wanted for me. And I, I moved up that ladder. And on, on the ascent, probably somewhere near the top, I, I realized, wow, my ladder's leaning against the wrong building. Mm. And, and, and there's, there's, some examination and introspection, but if you're willing to confront yourself, and a lot of people aren't, a lot of people will ignore that feeling or panic through it or try to escape it or rationalize it. And it took me a couple of years really to, to sit with that and do something. I didn't want it to be true because this was my identity, my success, 15 years of experience, all I had invested, all my equity, my relationships, but I had to confront that and confront myself and, and take the ladder off that building and, and, you know, reduce it to maybe a stool and take my first step. Okay, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to sit with you in the embassy suites every night on Tuesday with a bag lunch and learn from somebody about something I don't know anything about. And that, you know, when you do that in your late 30s and you have responsibilities, it's humbling. But I, I was willing to humble myself for a chance, even a marginal chance, 
to do what you describe as profitable happiness. And I'll talk about the profit because I think that's an important part of the equation. You know, I had a pretty big, good, stable job and a solid income that was guaranteed, all of those things, I'm a vice president, some identity, ego associated with that. I was, I reconciled and was willing to take a step back economically if I could live my days in pursuit of something that was meaningful yeah. and, and have the freedom to do it. Uh, freedom is a big core value of mine. And, uh, you know, I honestly, the, the, pro- the fact that the profit caught up to it pretty quick, I think there is some proof in that. It's look, you have to be talented, but man, when you're in alignment, when there's congruence inside you and, and you know that, and, and you're willing to pursue that. Um, and I pursued it intelligently. I had a plan. I had a runway. I worked with my financial advisor. I said, okay, we're going to do, this is how this is going to go. And it can't go on in perpetuity without the profit part. It is a business. And I was yeah. very clear about that. But when those two things came together, and then, you know, it's okay as your life changes for what, you know, your, your desires or your motivation to change with them. But, but that, internal examination, that being self-aware, I think it can allow you to continue to evolve in alignment. And that's something that I talk about, I teach. It's something that I had to confront in myself and go through. Uh, and there, were, there was a lot of pain in that, of shedding my old identity and dissolving my ego and being at a cocktail party and saying, oh, what do you do? Well, I'm sort of figuring in between and I'm fig- trying to start this business. I couldn't even say I was a keynote speaker back then. I, I just wasn't, you know, I didn't have the belief. And, uh, and but it, I would never trade those experiences, even the humbling hard parts, because it's given me the confidence to confront myself. And then when the next crisis emerges, like a pandemic, you get set back a little bit. Oh, wow. 80 events just got wiped out. Everybody's canceling. People want their deposits back. What are we going to create? You know, <laughs> I, I, what, what are we going to build? Yeah. Wow. We're going to get a pause here to build some new things. I bet we have a different business in 12 or 18 months. Okay, let's go. Let's get energized. Let's make something. And that, that learning how to do that, having the trust in myself that I was able to do that is, is a good place to be for an entrepreneur, for sure. No, it's, it's, it's not just good. It's, it's powerful. And, um, you know, some people uh, take lemons and just create more lemons. Uh, you've made lemonade, my friend. And, and I think that's, 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 that's the real power. So do you have any maybe thoughts of advice for someone starting out on a journey of, you know, entrepreneurship or just following their happiness. And, you know, by the way, I want to be clear. We're not talking about follow your passion, which a lot of people seem to find it's a little bit of a negative. It's a fearful thing. We're saying bring your passion with you, right? Um, how can you make sure that when you get to the place of success, you don't look around and go, I'm not happy, <laughs> right? So what advice would you give to people just beginning a journey of entrepreneurship like you've done? So, future makers have to get one of the things that they do, and I try and do this also, is, is you have to have a target. If you don't know where you're going, you're probably not going to get where you want to go, right? Yeah. So there, um, and I've written about how to create a compelling vision of the future. And we have a beautiful visioning exercise on the blog we could link to in the show notes. It's um, yeah. or, so that I, I, that's what you want to create a vision for yourself. And 
go through the process of kind of cultivating what success looks like. A be one beautiful, simple way to do this, we'll, we'll link to the visioning exercise, but this helped me. You know, just put your hand over your heart, shut your eyes, and fast forward five years into the future and, and, and look at your most beautiful day. If you, if you could spring forward five years and paint a beautiful picture of a day in a life that you love, go, go to this day, this Friday, five years from now, open your eyes. What do you see? Who's with you? How do you feel? You know, well, right now it's you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but right. Yeah, but no, I know. If you start, if you start and, and look, and you could say, you know what, I'm, I'm reconnecting with people I admire. I'm recording a podcast. My, my, I have freedom in my life. I'm in my home office with my family that I love. I'm in a beautiful place that I really want to live in a community, an enriching creative community like Austin, Texas. And you start to color that up. But then you have to do the work of saying, okay, if I continue on this current trajectory, am I going to land in that place in five years? Wow. And then you have to be willing to confront that. So when I did my visioning, I had my five-year vision, but I was going like, I was going to end up way over here. And so then I had to make hard choices, confront myself to get back over here and start moving toward the target. It's okay if the, the vision changes because mm -hmm. life changes, you know, you you have children, you get married, you move cities, you lose a, lose a parent. All of the life journey experiences will, you know, but you've got to have that vision of the future. And then you start moving toward it. And, uh, and you'll learn things about yourself on the way. And part of it isn't about getting to the destination, but it's who you become on that journey. Mm. Mm. And by the way, when I had my eyes closed and my hand on my heart, and by the way, I did it and I was just thinking, dude, you've got to package this voice thing you're doing to me right now because <laughs> I would buy it. <laughs> it's, it's a business, right? That, that whole visioning is a business by itself. Yeah. And, you know, and, that, and, and look, that is some of the work, right? So you know, we'll be giving a keynote on, on sales performance and talking about sales best practices, how to plan for a sales call. And 40 minutes in, um, put your tablets and pens down, get comfortable in your chair, take three deep breaths, put your hand on your heart and close your eyes. And the music comes up and mm. my voice goes and I take people somewhere else. And that is unexpected, but it's some of the content and the experience we offer that I think resonates most deeply. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love doing it, it, it because it changed my life, right? And that's, that's the truth. How do people get a hold of Ryan Estes? Maybe not personally, personally, because I know how busy you are, but if you, if people want to either buy your content, learn more, what's the best way to get a hold of you? So, you know, RyanEstes.com, that, that really is the hub. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and Instagram. So please connect with me there. Feel free. Um, you know, LinkedIn's pretty business focused. Instagram gets very personal too. It's reflecting in, in the moment, real time. And then if for the future makers that want to prepare for impact in their own lives, just drop your email in on the website and you can come on the journey with us. And I'll be, I'll see you every Sunday and we'll do this, we'll do this work about creating impact together. Wow. 
Wow, Ryan, I just want to say, um, first of all, I hope all the future makers, because I love that little thing you've created in the world, um, are, are listening to this and we'll go to those links. And we will also have the visioning exercise from your blog. You, you make sure you share that with us. Yeah. We'll have that in the show notes. But I just want to say, knowing of you in the public and realizing that I also knew you back when, it's so special to me. I am so blessed that you are here and sharing your, your time with us. Thank you for being on our show. Oh, the feeling, the feeling is mutual. And I just, I want you to know I'm, I'm proud of you, proud to call you a friend. It, it, it's great to be on your show, um, spending time with your community. And, uh, you know, my hope is this, this reconnection is rekindling for a further relationship. And when the time is right, I know we're going to break bread in Austin. And I look forward to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Have a wonderful day. Take care, my friend. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. For more episodes, visit drpalay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.